Welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast. Jeff Reap, director of Cedarville Career Services, and his wife, Chris, are the parents of five sons, four of whom have served or are currently serving with the U.S. Armed Forces, one in the Navy, three with the Marines. Their son, Aaron, a captain in the U.S. Marine Corps, was deployed to Afghanistan during the recent withdrawal and his unit was at Kabul International Airport when a suicide bomber launched an attack. Aaron was uninjured, but it was a reminder of the dangers their sons face, and it caused the Reaps to draw near to the Lord to have confidence that their boys are safely in his hands. Now here's your host, Mark Weinstein. Thank you, Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. I am Mark Weinstein, and today's program with Jeff and Chris Reap is going to have a Thanksgiving flair to the conversation. Last year, you may recall, Jeff was on the program, and we talked about his work in helping college students prepare for career interviews and securing their first position after graduation. Today's conversation with Jeff and his wife, Chris, is going to focus more on the blessings of God in their lives as parents of adult children serving in the United States military. For background purposes, four of the Reap's five sons have served or are serving in the military. Ryan served with the Navy, while Aaron, Jason, and Kevin currently serve in the United States Marines. And I should include Nathan, who is faithfully serving in Christian ministry at Indiana Wesleyan University. I hate to leave Nathan out. For the podcast today, we're going to dive into what it's like to be parents of children who are serving in harm's way and how their faith in Jesus guides them on a daily basis. With that said, let me welcome to the podcast Jeff and Chris Reap. It's great to have you today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's always good to be in your presence, and we we often have good times, which we'll have to be mindful of that today. But uh, (laughs) before we get to the conversation about (laughs) the military and that you're a military family, um, I think it's really central to start the podcast with what's really central in your life, and that's your faith in Jesus. Chris, can you open the program by just sharing your testimony? Yeah, in fact, that's probably the most important part of all this, I think, um, is the day the Lord saved me. And I was, I was little, um, but old enough to remember that the evangelist who was speaking, um, I didn't want to go where he was talking about. Yeah. And I was really aware that <clears throat> I needed uh, my sins to be washed away so that I could be in his presence. And so um, from that day... Um, it was such a, it was such a neat moment, and because I was so young when I was saved, I would say, "Well, what am, am I for sure?" Right. And so, I would find those verses that you know talked about His Spirit, Spirit bearing witness with my spirit that I am one of His, and then in Ephesians where it talks about I am His beloved and I'm chosen and. I'm a child of the King, yeah. and it was—it's just been a sweet, a sweet walk, and I'm really, really thankful. So let's let's contrast it to Jeff's, because I've heard Jeff's uh, testimony before. So why don't you share with us your journey? Yeah, Mark, I, I grew up in your basic Leave It to Beaver home. A lot of times I share that with the students, and they have no idea who Leave It to Beaver is. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, it was your basic family of four: um, work hard, get a good education, be moral, be in church, but really no time for God nor need for God. Ended up coming to Cedarville, mm-hmm. and uh, while I was at Cedarville, I um, did the Dayton Detention Home Ministry. I worked at a Christian camp in the summers, then I went on to grad school, and I was grad school there, and um, was very faithful in church Wednesday night, Sunday night, taught Sunday school, 
And then I was even involved in Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, but oh, yeah. they have little huddle groups and mm -hmm. then they have a main speaker. And I was actually leading a huddle group and we went down, the main speaker shared 2 Corinthians 13, 5. And it says, examine yourself to see if Christ be in you. And mm -hmm. if he's not in you, you fail the test, you're a reprobate. And so that really hit me like, okay, I've quoted a prayer, I walk an aisle, I'm in church all the time, I'm, right. I'm, I'm tithing, you know, all that stuff. And um, when I was in grad school, I had a Sunday school teacher, and I don't remember really anything he said, but he always pounded to us, know what you believe, know why you believe it, know what you believe, why you believe it. So during that time, the Bible really had become my authority. I, I was away from home and, and, and just, you know, you know, Cedarville and churches and, you know, everything. And that really was my authority. And then um, I was having my quiet time and uh, I was in First John, you know, and as you know, it says, you'll know you're my child if yeah. you love the brethren. My spirit bears witness with your spirit. You don't continue in sin. I'm saying, OK, I'm not measuring up too well here. And then there was a mini series that was called The Thornbergs, and it was about this guy, and he was doing really well in his religion, but his life was sort of a mess. And I'm watching that, and I'm going, man, here I am. I, I you know, I, I, you know, I sort of having these doubts, and you know, then I, well, that, I may need to quote the prayer again. But that week was a long week because the thing I wanted to do, oh, I'm just on track. Jesus is the Lord of my life now. Yeah. I didn't have any peace. And the thing I did not want to do was walk down in front of my wife, the Sunday school class I was teaching, the church I'd been attending all yeah. this time, and say, hey guys, I was a phony. I was just playing a game. I really didn't know the Lord. And so I just really had a piece about that and uh, did make a public profession. Uh, it was, was baptized. And I remember telling Chris on, on the way, I said, this all makes sense now. You know, I, uh, the last week I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but Christ lives in me. Right. Where before it was always just the next step of obedience. It was a, just another little box to check. So it's just been interesting how the Lord has just continued to transform my life and is you know, transforming it. And as he said, you know, his, you know, the work that he started, that he will continue. Yeah. Chris, did you know all this was going on in Jeff uh, prior to his conversion? I did not. I thought he was saved. I mean, like he said, he walked the talk. And so, um, yeah, I knew that he stayed up late that one night. And I'll never forget on the way to church the day he was baptized. Mm -hmm. He said, for the first time, I understand what baptism means. Oh. Yeah, it really is. I don't. I think I wasn't a rebellious person. I was just sort of deceived. I right. mean, I was just, you know, going through. I don't think anybody really doubted, you know, is Jeff a Christian? Uh, so it was, um, yeah, it was, it was a situation. You know how Scripture talks about how the wife is to win the husband without a word? Yeah. That's from... really what Chris did. Yeah. I mean, she didn't even know that she was winning me, but I knew she had something I didn't have. Yeah. And uh, so that she was a, a big part of that. Yeah, she's been a big part of your life. Uh, so obviously, as we just learned, that faith has been a central part of your life, um, or maybe early in your marriage, not at the beginning, but early. Um, so that's really guided how you've uh, parented. Um, Jeff, how has... How has faith really guided how you led your family? Because you've, you've, from an outsider's perspective that I've seen, you've done a great job. How has that happened? Well, I think probably the biggest thing is realizing these five boys were not our boys. They, they were God's. And he just entrusted us this period of time to train and teach and, and discipline them. And we, we really viewed them, as Scripture does, like arrows, uh, you know, where you're, 
you know, preparing that arrow to get shot out, you know, from, from the family or like olive plants around your table and preparing them during that time to go out. You know, our goal was never to have olive trees around our table. It was to greenhouse them, to plant them out in the elements where they can have their own family and their own ministry and their own careers. And, and so that was the the whole, you know, thought and sort of process as, as we were training them. And, um, you know, we would constantly tell them, you know, we're not your authority. Scripture is your authority. Mm. I would say, I'll never mislead you, but I could be wrong. But Scripture's never wrong. So we constantly tried to push them to Scripture and get them to know what you believe and why you believe it, because right. that was so impactful yeah. in my life. And then just the whole thing as far as our goal was never to make decisions for them, but help them make good decisions. And even sometimes let them make a decision when the stakes were really small and let them make a bad decision and use it as a teaching experience. Right. So that that whole process. And so just I think now as we see them confident that God wants them in the military, it just really gives us a lot of confidence as well that, that they're where, exactly where God wants them to be. And then to see their wives so supportive in what they're doing, um, it really does give us a lot of confidence there where God wants them to be. So, Chris, uh, Jeff talked about the, the military, and as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, four of your five sons have mm-hmm. served or are serving in the military. Where'd that come from? Yeah, some of that Jeff might be able to speak to better than me, but I, I want to say that um, one of, as, as he was talking about the boys just growing up and that they're not ours, my prayer was always that they would grow up to be men who loved the Lord, served the Lord, led their families and that they were being all that God had planned for them. And I don't know what that is. I don't know all that's in their heart. And then some of this has unfolded somewhat unknown unknown to me. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. I mean, my dad was in the Navy, but he was at the tail end of World War II, never saw any action. Chris's dad was in the Marine Corps um, during during, um, Korea, but never saw action there. Neither one of them ever talked about it. I came up during the Vietnam era. I had no interest in, in military at all. Yeah. And uh, it was just interesting how they really got involved early, you know, like maybe even high school or maybe Jason, even junior high. You know, and then this is sort of what they wanted to do. Yeah. And to see them research it and talk to people and get counsel and then really have that commitment that they wanted to serve their country in this way. Um, and I, I often kid, I said, the reason they went in the military is because we, we started out by not allowing them to have guns, to play with guns. <laughs> so pretty soon Legos were guns and sticks were guns and they finally broke us down and we bought toy guns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, no, I, that's a great question. I, I really don't know. You know so did, did 9-11 have any impact on your boys wanting to be in the military? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Aaron has said that he thought if it hadn't been for 9-11, he might not be in the Marine Corps. I mean, I, so I think it was very impact, impactful. Uh, just, just think something that's sort of interesting about the planes falling. And I remember I was in the career services office, and you know, at that time I was the assistant director, and the, the director came by and said, hey, you know, a plane just flew into the, you know, the, you know, the tra- World Trade Center. And the first thing that went through my mind, my dad telling the story when he was in the Navy, they were in New York City, and this plane hit the Empire State Building, mm-hmm. and they heard, they were eating breakfast or something, and the and they heard the explosion. He ran out, and they actually saw this plane, hit, you know, or you know that where the it debris, hit, hit. yeah, and um, 
And and so I'm thinking, oh, big deal. This happened before. Planes have fall, you know, flown wow. into buildings. Yeah. And then I walked out there to the information desk, and I go, oh, this is definitely different than that. So. Yeah, that was a, a game changing day in yeah. our in our yeah, world. Right, yeah. And, really and yeah, in our world. So uh, today, uh, Jeff and Chris, uh, three of your sons are active in the military. I'm curious, Chris, does being a parent of three Marines frame how you watch current events play out on the evening news? Well, it depends where the boys are. <laughs> if they're on base and they're training, I'm going, yeah, go. <laughs> yeah. If they're deployed and they're on a ship and I, they usually end up in that hot spot in the world, then I pay a little more attention where they are and what's going on. Um, this time I knew that there was a lot going on. Then my mind stops. I, I, don't, I don't try to imagine <laughs> what could happened. You can't go there. I can't. No. No, You just, my mind stops. So I watch the news probably like everyone else. And then uh, when it gets a little closer to, you know, where it might affect the boys, I pay more attention. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was worried. I will confess. I I was really worried when, I know you're getting to that, but Aaron, it's it's hard not to worry. Sure. So I'm saying I'm, I'm not I'm not saying I don't worry. Yeah. Um, It's a challenge to keep my thoughts focused. Yeah. What Chris is alluding to is that uh, their third oldest son, um, Aaron, was uh, deployed to Kabul um, during the withdrawal of the military uh, from Afghanistan. And we'll get to that in a second. But Jeff, um, I think you're more of a news junkie than Chris so when you watch the news, does the fact that you have sons in the military frame how you intake the information and process it? Yeah, I, I think sort of the same things that Chris said. I mean, I think it's a situation where, um, you know, three of the boys have been deployed and uh, sometimes in, in, in dangerous situations. But just going back to realizing they're in the Lord's hands. Just as I said from the very beginning, as this they were children, they're not our children, they're his. And they're not our children today, they're really his. And and you've heard me say this over and over, but in my mind, I really do keep coming back. Some people might say it's just a cliche, but just, you know, it comes to my mind of the the, uh, Marine or the soldier that did a couple tours in Iraq and came home and got killed by somebody texting on a back road in Ohio. Yeah. You know, or the, the, you know, I watch these doc. I like to watch documentaries a lot of times. And and um, you know, I was on Normandy, and they were storming the beaches of Normandy, and they interviewed this guy, and 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 the bullet was in the stock of his gun. You know, so two inches one way or the other, he's and gone. he's dead. Yeah, you know I mean, so I, I just I just feel they're just as safe there. Or, you know, God could take them here just as well as there. They, but they, they really are in his hands and just yeah. really constant, just surrendering them. Lord, they're in your hands. Yeah. Your will be done. Yeah. So Chris was uh, talking about and alluding to about Aaron being uh, deployed to Cabo. Um, so how much stress, uh, Chris, did that bring into your life, knowing that the United States is going to withdraw all of its military from Afghanistan and Aaron, your third son, was right in that area. I think I was under more stress than I realized at the sure. time, not knowing what was going to happen and knowing that he was there. It just really 
brought to the forefront that God is in control. And I really believe, looking back, that the Lord laid on my heart that I, I really purposed, and I, and I did pray Psalm 91 over Aaron and his entire company because he had a company of 140, I think. 40 men that he um, was in charge of and responsible for and so forth. And so I prayed Psalm 91 over them. And as I continue to pray, because, of course, Kevin is there and and Jason is training um, also, how God answered prayer Mm -hmm. in... And how God used that. I mean, I I knew in my heart, and it was just keeping <laughs> keeping my thoughts there, and just the promise that God would um, God would honor him with life because Aaron had honored him, and I yeah. and so thankful, very thankful for that. And in the after um, after I learned the news mm. that there were some Marines who were actually killed, um, Psalm one twenty one was was really big. Um, for me, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. So, let's let's go there. Um, so you you heard the news that um, thirteen service men and women were killed, and it took it took a while for the news to get back to you that Aaron was safe. What was what was that day, day and a half, two days like for you guys? Um, just dealing with that, dealing with the uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well. I don't have the TV on during the day. I don't have news on, per se. And I was on a call, and my phone was blowing up with all these, we're praying for you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, what is going on? Yeah. So I turned the TV on and found out that four Marines had been killed, confirmed. And I was thinking, oh, okay, Aaron's there. And then <laughs> the next you know, report was 10 and then 12 and then 13. And we didn't know. We just didn't know. Right. And so I know that I was dealing in my heart and knowing that God was in control. I mean, you know all the facts, but it's, it is different when, you, when, you're, when in you're in it. When you're in it. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. That was probably the most stressful time just from the standpoint of just needing to just continually give it give it over to the Lord because, you know, you're, there's 13 that have been killed, and that could be Aaron. Mm-hmm. I sure. mean, just the reality of we could get that call. Right. And, um, you know, he's been deployed before in very hostile situations. But I tell you, uh, the Marine Corps, I really do believe they're so well-trained, the, the technology, the air support they have is just amazing. But this is a this was a totally unique situation. And then all we saw was the news. You know, people, you know, just overrunning the airport and people hanging onto a plane and right. falling off. And right. okay, now Aaron's right in the midst of that. Yeah. We didn't know where or how, but yeah, we knew yeah, he was yeah, there. Yeah, we knew he was there. And we <laughs> right. didn't know what you know, he's a company commander, but what he was doing is responsibility. We didn't know anything. So. And, and that could be the worst case scenario for you guys because you let your mind wander and you could really think the worst, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you're, you, you didn't let that happen. Well. To the best of your ability, you didn't <laughs> let that happen. Yeah, yeah, you wonder, okay, what what if we do get that call? And that that's significant because... Jen, our daughter-in-law, was um, Aaron's in, wife. Aaron's wife was in was in the area, and it was interesting too because our whole family chat just went silent. It was like everybody really? was dealing 
we were all dealing with the unknown. And we talked to Jen later that evening, and she said, well, I haven't gotten the call, so no news is good news. And we're, we're going, okay, that's, that's good. I'm thankful for that. And little do we know that Jason in the Marine Corps mm-hmm. and his wife, Chloe, were like, they don't get a call. They get a visit. Oh. Well, Jen didn't know that at the time. Well, when she found out, she was like, they don't know where I am. They think I'm at Camp Lejeune. They don't know I'm in Ohio. How would anybody get a hold of me to know? So then she started making some calls and you know trying to find out, let people know where she was. And so then that started everything all over again. Um, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> because all we had to go by was the news, you know. So we're listening to them say, well, you know, the one the ones that were twelve or that were killed. We first heard, well, they'll find out tonight. And then later in the evening, right. it's like, well, there's a good chance it might be tomorrow. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, and obviously they would get a hold of Jen before us. And so right. we didn't want to bother Jen. But I mean, Jen said pretty much the same thing Chris said, just didn't go there. Just just mm-hmm. couldn't go right. uh, until, she, until I find out something. So uh, during all this, um, obviously scripture was key to you making it day by day, maybe hour by hour. But did you have other support people coming alongside you, encouraging you, helping you during this? Yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the number of people that were praying and letting us know from church to the Cedarville family to family members to just other contacts that we have, that, that yeah. was very, very meaningful. And then just, you know, just, you know, as Aaron shared, just, some, you know, just God's protection was there. And, yeah. and um, so, yeah, it was very, very helpful, very encouraging. I know even several of my classes I shared with them and a lot, even some of the students would, you know, let me know, hey, you know, praying for your son, that type of thing. So, yeah, that was tremendously helpful. Yeah, I, I would think. And uh, at times, you know, you and I would talk and mm-hmm. I feel like, man, I'm, I'm asking him too many questions. <laughs> I'm probably just bringing it to the forefront. He probably needs to be uh, left, let alone, but... Um, that Boy. was that was encouraging though. It was yeah. really encouraging to know that people were praying, people were concerned, people were aware of what was going on. That yeah. was so encouraging yeah. to know that he was definitely being covered in prayer and yeah. from so many people, extended family of our immediate family and so many friends in my business and it was amazing. It it was really yeah, I'm just so grateful for well, that. I, I care deeply about you guys, and and, and your sons are, are just fabulous. You've done a great job of training them, and the Lord has really used them. And so, to I was really, really highly interested in what's happening and, and, and concerned. So, given the many experiences this past year with your sons in the military and the lessons you've learned, uh, will Thanksgiving this year bring extra meaning uh, to you and to your family and to all your children, Chris? When Aaron got all of his men on the C-17, I'm pretty sure, he um, he did roll call. And he yeah. said it was such a routine thing. But he said when every single one of them said, here, it was like, that's a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Took on a whole new meaning, just yeah. a routine. Yeah. So when we go around the table and everyone's here, Lord willing, it will be wonderful to have everyone say here. I think you're going to do a roll call? I am. Oh, that'd be special. Don't tell them, though. Oh, don't listen to this. <laughs> well, I think the cat's out right now. But, uh, oh, that's that's really special. 
How about you, Jeff? What, are, what uh, this Thanksgiving season, what really uh, makes you thankful? Well, I mean, obviously, the first and most far most important is, is the redemption that the Lord has given us through the Lord Jesus. And mm-hmm. um, uh, that's number one. And then just Chris, I mean, she's just um, so thankful for her as a wife and a mom and the way she uh, loves the boys and, and uh, invested in them and a lot of other things she could have been doing, but she was with the boys, homeschooling them, teaching them, training them, catching those attitudes, you know, and just really... Your boys had attitudes? Yeah, that was occasional. <laughs> yeah, strong-willed, uh, yep. uh, stubborn, yeah. Okay. They got that from her side of the family. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> but no, just that. And just she just did a great job of letting me be dad. Yeah, and not trying to undercut me or come in and try to, you know, protect them. And and, and there were times that I was too harsh and she would say something and I had to go back and ask the boys for forgiveness. Yeah. And and so uh, so I really appreciated her input, but really appreciated her not undermining me and and allowing me to be dad. And then just very thankful for the boys and and their wives and the four that are married. I feel I have the Mount Rushmore of daughter-in-laws, you you know, and so thankful for those decisions that were made and and their commitment to their families and just Mm -hmm. very, very, very thankful. So as I wrap up today's conversation with Jeff and Chris Reap, uh, I want to conclude by asking them a a typical question that I ask on the podcast, and that is at the core of Cedarville Stories podcast, our our hope and prayer is to tell Cedarville Stories for God's glory. Uh, Chris, how do you believe you are bringing God glory in your life and all that you do? Seeking to just put him first and to bring him glory through trusting him, just believing his promises are true. Um, he knows how yeah. I feel and yeah. what I'm thinking and everything. So um, just leaning into him. I'm just so thankful for his word because um, there was a song I sang to the boys every time we got in the car just about Joshua 1.8, and it mm. says this book of the law. I made up this song. <laughs> won't sing it, but it says, <laughs> This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. And so I think just trusting him um, and giving him that place. There could be some people saying, well, sure, they're thankful because they got good news with Aaron, and and the other sons are doing Mm -hmm. well. But even if you got the other news, you could still, and you would still say, praise the Lord. Absolutely. And that was the other thing that I was so aware of God's sovereignty in all of this because we didn't know what his will was um, going to be in that situation. And and every day as we get in the car, I mean, you just don't know what the day is going to bring forth. But I had a friend who responded to the news and she said, I'm so thankful that God chose to answer our prayers this way. And it was like, you're right. Thank you, Lord. You are good no matter what happens. Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. He is good. He is in control. He's powerful. And just as we look at the blessings here at Cedarville with financially right. and enrollment and just how God really is blessing. And then you hear of other Christian school that's maybe closing. Right. And you're saying, well, at that school, God is just as big, just as powerful, Absolutely. just as good. It's Absolutely. not depending on circumstances. And I, I just strive one, two more each day 
to realize everything I do is my worship and service to the Lord. Mm -hmm. I even share this with students sometimes. I'll just say, we have to get out of the mindset that worship isn't, you know, weekdays at 10 in chapel or Sunday. That's just a collection of worshipers that worship all the time. And so just to realize that, you know, rather my my work, uh, my relationships, the way I drive, the way my lawn looks, everything is, is my service and worship to him. And just to try to strive to, to have that mindset, that motivation really in everything my hands touch. Thanks for being transparent. If there's ever been a year that you've uh, had great opportunities to trust the Lord, this is a, a year that you've really had to uh, lean into him and had the opportunity to lean into him. So thanks for sharing your story with us uh, this week on the Cedarville Stories Podcast. It's always great to be with you guys. Thank you thanks, so Mark. much. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.